time for another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library, where your favorite bookworms give our recommendations from the Delaware County District Library. So don't worry, we'll help you find something new to get lost in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Library Gals Go to the Library. It's Katie from the Orange Branch, and as I mentioned before, we really love Halloween around here, so I am going to be putting out episodes every week in October. There's been a trend in publishing recently, and honestly, in my own reading, right now witches are really hot. So I wanted to bring you a handful of recommendations about witches and witch books. There are so many to choose from. I have a list of 20 here. I'm going to be reading descriptions of these books from our library catalog, Goodreads, and publisher descriptions. There are so many books to get into, so I am just going to jump right in with a bunch of recommendations for witchy, witchy reads. First up, we have Small Town Big Magic by Hazel Beck. Emerson Wilde has built the life of her dreams. Youngest Chamber of Commerce president in St. Superior history, successful indie bookstore owner, and lucky enough to have her best friend as found family, done. But when Emerson is attacked by creatures that shouldn't be real and kills them with what can only be called magic, Emerson finds that the past decade of her life has been a lie. St. Superior isn't your average Midwestern river town. It's a haven for witches. When Emerson failed a power test years ago, she was stripped of her magical memories. Turns out Emerson's friends are all witches, and so is she. That's not all, though. Evil is lurking in the charming streets of St. Superior. Emerson will need to learn to control what's inside her, remembering her magic, and deal with old, complicated feelings for her childhood friend. Cranky yet gorgeous local farmer Jacob North to defeat an enemy that hides in the rivers and shadows of everything she loves. Even before she had magic, Emerson would have done anything for St. Superior, but now she'll have to risk not just her livelihood, but her life. That is Small Town Big Magic by Hazel Beck. Next up is The League of Gentle Woman Witches by India Holton. Miss Charlotte Pettifer belongs to a secret league of women skilled in the subtle arts. That is to say, although it must never be said, witchcraft. The Wiccan League strives to improve the world in small ways. Using magic, they tidy, correct, and manipulate according to their notions of what is proper, entirely unlike those reprobates in the Wisteria Society. When the long-lost amulet of Black Barrel is discovered, it is up to Charlotte, as the future leader of the League, to make sure the powerful talisman does not fall into the wrong hands. Therefore, it is most unfortunate when she crosses paths with Alex O'Reilly, a pirate who is no Mr. Darcy. With all the world scrambling after the amulet, Alex and Charlotte join forces to steal it together. If only they could keep their pickpocketing hands to themselves. If Alex is not careful, he might just steal something else, such as Charlotte's heart. Our next title, and these first five are... Uh, maybe five or six, are uh, fun, witchy romances. These are all a little more lighthearted. They have some fun stories going on, and you can read them really quickly. This one next is called The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling. 
Vivian Jones handled the biggest breakup of her life the way that any witch would. Vodka, bubble baths, and a curse on her ex. That was nine years ago. Now, Reese Penhallow, descendant of the town's founders, breaker of hearts, and still irritatingly gorgeous, is back. Reese has returned to the quaint town of Graves Glen to recharge the ley lines and make an appearance at the annual fall festival. But when his every move results in calamity, Vivi realizes that hexing her ex might not have been so harmless after all. As the curse starts to affect the magic of the town, resulting in murderous wind-up toys, an outraged ghost, and a surprisingly talkative cat, Vivi and Reese must put their own personal feelings aside and work together to break the curse and save not just the town, but also Reese's life. This is the, one of the books that I picked up when I noticed this publishing trend. It is a lot of fun. It's light, it's silly, it's romantic, and it also has a sequel out. That is The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling. Next up, we have The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sengu Mandana. As one of the few witches in Britain, Mika Moon knows she has to hide her magic, keep her head down, and stay away from other witches so their powers won't mingle and draw attention. But as an orphan who lost her parents at a young age and was raised by strangers, she's used to being alone and she follows the rules, with one exception, an online account where she posts videos pretending to be a witch. She thinks no one will take it seriously, but someone does. An unexpected message arrives, begging her to travel to the remote and mysterious Nowhere House to teach three young witches how to control their magic. It breaks all the rules, but Mika goes anyway, and is immediately tangled up in the lives and secrets of not only her three charges, but also an absent archaeologist, a retired actor, two long-suffering caretakers, and Jamie. The handsome and prickly librarian of Nowhere House would do anything to protect the children, and as far as he's concerned, a stranger like Mika is a threat. An irritatingly appealing threat. As Mika begins to find her place at Nowhere House, the thought of belonging somewhere begins to feel like a real possibility. But magic isn't the only danger in the world, and when a threat comes knocking at their door, Mika will need to decide whether to risk everything to protect a found family she didn't know she was looking for. Another book that I read and really enjoyed is Payback's a Witch by Lana Harper. Emmy Harlow is a witch, but not a very powerful one in part because she hasn't been home to the magical town of Thistle Grove in years. Her self-imposed exile has a lot to do with a complicated family history and a desire to forge her own way in the world, and only the very tiniest bit to do with Gareth Blackmore, heir to the most powerful magical family in town and casual breaker of hearts and destroyer of dreams. But when a spellcasting tournament that her family serves as arbiters for approaches, it turns out the pull of tradition, or the truly impressive parental guilt trip that comes with it, is strong enough to bring Emmy back. She's determined to do her familial duty, spend some quality time with her best friend Lyndon, Thorne, and get back to her real life in Chicago. On her first night home, Emmy runs into Talia Avramov, an all-around badass adept in the darker magical arts who is fresh off a bad breakup with Gareth Blackmore. Talia had let herself be charmed only to discover that Gareth was also seeing Lyndon, unbeknownst to either of them. And now she and Lyndon want revenge. Only one question stands. Is Emmy in? 
But most concerning of all, why can't she stop thinking about the terrifyingly competent, devastatingly gorgeous, wickedly charming Talia Avramov? This book was a blast. I had so much fun with it. It's kind of sexy. It's a little witchy. And the tournament that brings all of the witches together is a lot of fun. Really exciting. I like this one so much that I had to grab the sequel, From Bad to Cursed. That one came out this year. And it has some of the same characters, but you don't need to read both of the books to understand what's happening. From Bad to Curse involves wild child Isidora Avramov. She's a thrill chaser, adept demon summoner, and despite the whole sexy evil sorceress vibe, also a cuddly animal lover. When she's not designing costumes and new storylines for the Arcane Emporium's haunted house, Ice is nursing a secret, conflicted dream of ditching her family's witchy business to become an indie fashion designer in her own right. But when someone starts sabotaging the celebrations leading up to this year's Beltane Festival with dark and dangerous magic, a member of the rival Thorn family gets badly hurt, throwing immediate suspicions on the Avramovs. To clear the Avramov name and step up for her family when they need her most, Isa agrees to serve as a co-investigator, helping none other than Rowan Thorn to get to the bottom of things. Rowan is the very definition of lawful good, so tragically noble and by the book that he makes Isa's teeth hurt. In accordance with their family's complicated history, he and Isa have been arch enemies for years and have grown to heartily loathe each other. But as the likely duo follow a perplexing trail of clues to a stunning conclusion, Isa and Rowan discover how little they really know each other and stumble upon a maddening attraction that becomes harder to ignore by the day. That is Bad to Cursed by Lana Harper. All of those books mentioned above are some of the lighter, more fun and romantic witchy novels that have come out in the past couple of years. The next few recommendations are for young adults and they all are in our teen YA section. First up is The Lost Coast by A.R. Capetta. Danny didn't know what she was looking for when she and her mother spread out a map of the United States and Danny put her finger down on Tempest, California. What she finds are the Greys, a group of friends who throw around terms like queer and witch like they're ordinary and everyday, though they feel like an earthquake to Danny. But Danny didn't just find the Greys. They cast a spell that called her halfway across the country because she has something they need. She can bring back Imogen, the most powerful of the Greys, missing since the summer night she wandered into the woods alone. But before Danny can find Imogen, she finds a dead boy with a redwood branch through his heart. Something is very wrong amid the trees and fog of the Lost Coast. And whatever it is, it can kill. I like this one a lot. The coast of California plays a big part in this. The kids are smart and funny and confused, and they're not really sure what's going on. So having Danny in their midst is really great. She really helps them out. Each of the characters is very unique, and they all have their own stories. I like this one a lot. A new one that has just come out is How to Succeed in Witchcraft by Eileen Brophy. Shay Johnson has all the makings of a successful witch. Now that she's a junior at T.K. Anderson Magical Magnet School, she's one step closer to winning the Full Ride Brockton Scholarship, her ticket into the university of her dreams. Her main competition, Anna freaking Alvarez. The key to victory? 
impressing Mr. B, drama teacher and head of the scholarship committee. When Mr. B persuades Shay to star in this year's aggressively inclusive, racially diverse musical at their not-quite-diverse school, she agrees warily, even though she'll have to put up with Anna playing the other lead. But with rehearsals underway, Shay realizes Anna is not the despicable witch she'd thought. Perhaps she could even be a friend, or more. And Shay could use someone in her corner once she finds herself on the receiving end of Mr. B's unpleasant and unwanted attention. When Shay learns she's not the first witch to experience his inappropriate behavior, she must decide if she'll come forward. But how can she speak out when the scholarship and her future are on the line? An unforgettable debut, How to Succeed in Witchcraft, conjures up searing social commentary, delightfully awkward high school theater, and magical proclamations of love. I haven't read this one yet, but... You give me magic in high school theater and you have about 75% of my life growing up. That one was by Island Brophy. Sounds great. Our next title is All Our Hidden Gifts by Caroline Donahue. Maeve Chambers doesn't, doesn't have much going for her. Not only does she feel like the sole idiot in a family of geniuses, she managed to drive away her best friend Lily a year ago. But when she finds a pack of dusty old tarot cards at school and begins to give scarily accurate readings to the girls in her class, she realizes she has found her gift at last. Things are looking up until she discovers a strange card in the deck that definitely shouldn't be there. And two days after she convinces her ex-best friend to have a reading, Lily disappears. Can Maeve, her new friend Fiona, and Lily's brother Roe find her? And will Maeve's new gift be enough to bring Lily back before she's gone for good? You'll have to find out by reading All Our Hidden Gifts by Caroline O'Donohue. The next title that may appeal to younger readers, and when I say younger, I do mean teens, is The Inheritance of Orchidea Divina by Zoraida Cordova. The Montoyas are used to a life without explanations. They know better than to ask why the pantry never seems to run low, or why their matriarch won't ever leave their home in four rivers, not for graduations, weddings, or baptisms. But when Orchida Divina invites them to her funeral and to collect their inheritance, they hope to learn the secrets that she has held on to so tightly for their whole lives. Instead, Orcadia is transformed into a Siva tree, leaving them with more questions than answers. Seven years later, her gifts have manifested in different ways for Marimar, Ray, and Rionin, granting them unexpected blessings and powers. But soon, a hidden figure begins to tear through their family tree, picking them off one by one as it seeks to destroy Orchieda's line. Determined to save what's left of their family and uncover the truth behind their inheritance, her descendants travel to Ecuador, to the place where Orchieda's buried her secrets and broken promises and never looked back. That one sounds so much fun. Wild and Wicked Things was written by Francesca May. On Crow Island, people whispered, real magic lurked just below the surface, but Annie Mason never expected her enigmatic new neighbor to be a witch. When she witnesses a confrontation between her best friend Bee and the infamous Emmeline Delacroix at one of Emmeline's extravagantly illicit parties, she is drawn into a glittering haunted world. A world where magic can buy what money cannot. A world where the consequences of a forbidden blood bargain might be death. I'm not really familiar with this one, but it sounded spooky, so I wanted to include it. Cackle by Rachel Harrison was really popular 
a couple years ago. It was on a cover of one of the book list magazines that we get here at the library. It's been in my own to read pile for a long time. This is described as a darkly funny, frightening novel about a young woman learning how to take what she wants from a witch who might be too good to be true. All her life, Annie has played it nice and safe. After being unceremoniously dumped by her longtime boyfriend, Annie seeks a fresh start. She accepts a teaching position that moves her from Manhattan to a small village upstate. She's stunned by how perfect and picturesque the town is. The people are all friendly and warm. Her new apartment is dreamy too, minus the oddly persistent spider infestation. Then Annie meets a Sophie. Beautiful, charming, magnetic Sophie, who takes a special interest in Annie, who wants to be her friend. More importantly, she wants Annie to stop apologizing and start living for herself. That's how Sophie lives. Annie can't help but gravitate towards the self-possessed Sophie, wanting to spend more and more time with her, despite the fact that the rest of the townsfolk seem a little afraid of her. And like, okay, there are some things. Sophie's appearance is uncanny and ageless. Her mansion in the middle of the woods feels a little unearthly, and she does seem to wield a certain power. But she couldn't be... could she? Love that description. That's Cackle by Rachel Harrison. The Manning Tree Witches is another small town witch story, this one by A.K. Blakemore. In the small English town of Manning Tree in 1643, when a newcomer who identifies himself as the Witchfinder General arrives, Rebecca West must quell the rumors of covens, packs, and bodily wants to save the town's women. England, 1643. A town depleted of men since the wars began, Rebecca West is fatherless and husbandless. The drudgery of her days is livened only occasionally by her infatuation with the handsome young clerk, John Eddies. Then Matthew Hopkins arrives, a pious figure dressed from head to toe in black. He takes over the Thorn Inn and begins to ask questions about what the women on the margins of this diminished community are up to. Dangerous rumors of covens, pacts, and bodily wants have begun to hang over women like Rebecca, and the future is as frightening as it is thrilling. The Manning Tree Witches Holly Black is an author who has written for both young children and adults. Her newest witchy book is Book of Night. Charlie Hall has never found a lock she couldn't pick, a book she couldn't steal, or a bad decision she wouldn't make. She spent half her life working for glomists, magicians who manipulate shadows to peer into locked rooms, strangle people in their beds, or worst. Glomists guard their secrets greedily, creating an underground economy of grimoires. And to rob their fellow magicians, they need Charlie. Now, she's trying to distance herself from past mistakes, but going straight isn't easy. Bartending at a dive, she's still entirely too close to the corrupt underbelly of the Berkshires. Not to mention that her sister Posey is desperate for magic, and that her shadowless and possibly soulless boyfriend has been keeping secrets from her. When a terrible figure from her past returns, Charlie descends back into the maelstrom of murder and lies. Determined to survive, she's up against a cast of doppelgangers, mercurial billionaires, glomists, and the people she loves best in the world, all trying to steal a secret that will give them a vast and terrible power. 
The next few books I have to recommend here are ones that have some more international folklore involved in them. This is another trend in publishing right now that I have been seeing a lot, and all of these books sound great to me. The first one is Bindel Punk Bruja by Desidera Mesa. Luna, or depending on who's asking, Rose, is the white passing daughter of an immigrant mother who has seen what happens to people from her culture. This world is prejudicial and she must hide her identity in pursuit of owning an illegal jazz club. Using her cunning powers, Rose negotiates with dangerous criminals as she climbs the Kansas City's bootlegging ladder. Luna, however, runs the risk of losing everything if the crooked city councilmen and ruthless mobsters discover her ties to an immigrant boxcar community that secretly houses witches. Last thing she wants is to put her entire family in danger, but this bruja with ever-growing magical abilities can never resist a good fight. With her new identity, Rose, an unabashed flapper, defies societal expectations all the while struggling to keep her true self and witchcraft in check. However, the harder she tries to avoid scrutiny, the more her efforts eventually capture unwanted attention. Soon she finds herself surrounded by greed and every brand of bigotry, from local gangsters who want a piece of the action and businessmen who hate her diverse staff to the Ku Klux Klan and Al Capone. Will her earth magic be enough to save her friends and family? As much as she hates to admit it, she may need to learn to have faith in others, and learning to trust may prove to be her biggest ambition yet. This one combines history, magic, witches, and so much more. I think it sounds great. I love a book that takes place in Hollywood, so I have a good feeling about Siren Queen by Nguy Vo. It was magic. In every world, it was a kind of magic. No maids, no funny talking, no fainting flowers. Luli Wei is beautiful, talented, and desperate to be a star. Coming of age in pre-code Hollywood, she knows how dangerous the movie business is and how limited the roles are for a Chinese-American girl from Hungarian Hill, but she doesn't care. She'd rather play a monster than a maid, but in Luli's world, the worst monsters in Hollywood are not the ones on screen. The studios want to own everything, from her face to her name to the woman she loves, and they run a system of bargains made in blood and ancient magic powered by the endless sacrifice of unlucky starlets like her. For those who do survive to earn their fame, success comes with a steep price. Luli is willing to do whatever it takes, even if that means becoming the monster herself. Siren Queen offers up an enthralling exploration of an outsider achieving stardom on her own terms, in a fantastical Hollywood where the monsters are real and the magic of the silver screen illuminates every page. Moon Witch Spider King by Marlon James is a sequel to Black Leopard Red Wolf. In Black Leopard Red Wolf, Sogolon the Moon Witch proved a worthy adversary to Tracker as they clashed across a mythical African landscape in search of a mysterious boy who disappeared. In Moon Witch Spider King, Sogolon takes the center stage and gives her own account of what happened to the boy and how she plotted and fought, triumphed and failed as she looked for him. It's the story of a century-old feud seen through the eyes of a 177-year-old witch that Sogolon had with Ayese, Chancellor to the King, 
It is said that Ayase works so closely with the king that together they are like the eight limbs of one spider. Ayase's power is considerable and deadly. It takes brains and courage to challenge him, which Sogolon does for reasons of her own. Moon Witch Spider King by Marlon James sounds excellent. Finally, for our fiction recommendations, we have When We Were Birds by Ayana Lloyd Banwo. In the old house on a hill where the city meets the rainforest, Yejide's mother is dying. She is leaving behind a legacy that now passes to Yejide. One St. Bernard woman in every generation must shepherd the city's souls into the afterlife. But after years of suffering her mother's neglect and bitterness, Yejide is looking for a way out. Raised in the countryside by a devout Rastafarian mother, Darwin has always abided by the religious commandment not to interact with the dead. He's never been to a funeral, much less seen a dead body. But when his ailing mother can no longer work and the only job he can find is grave digging, he must betray the life she built for him in order to provide for them both. Newly shorn of his dreadlocks and his past and determined to prove himself, Darwin finds himself adrift in a city electric with possibility and danger. Yejide and Darwin will meet inside the gates of Fidelis, Port Angeles's largest and oldest cemetery, where the dead lie uneasy in their graves, and a reckoning with fate beckons them both. When We Were Birds by Ayana Lloyd Banwo. And last but not least, we have In Defense of Witches, The Legacy of the Witch Hunts and Why Women Are Still on Trial by Mona Cholette. Centuries after the infamous witch hunts that swept through Europe and America, witches continue to hold a unique fascination for many, as fairy tale villains, practitioners of pagan religion, and feminist icons. But who were the women who were accused and often killed for witchcraft? Celebrated feminist writer Mona Cholette explores the types of women who were accused of witchcraft and persecuted. The independent woman, the childless woman, and the elderly woman, who for centuries has been censored, repressed, and even killed. Chollett concludes that rather than being a brief moment in history, the persecution of witches is an example of society's seemingly eternal misogyny. Women today are direct heirs to those who are hunted down and killed for their thoughts and actions, facing the same sort of judgments and stereotypes that women have battled for centuries. With fiery prose and arguments that range from scholarly to the cultural, in defense of witches unites the mythic image of the witch with modern women who seek to live their lives on their own terms. You're going to get a little bit of every kind of witchcraft coming up here with any of these books. It's the season to talk about spooky things like witches. And even with many of the books we recommended here, which, witches and witchcraft can also be a lot of fun. They tend to be leaning towards more lighthearted romance, so if that's what you're looking for, take a look at any of these books. Have a great October, and if you see any more witchy reads that you'd like to recommend to us, you can send us an email. Happy listening, happy reading, and happy October. Join us next time on Library Gals. Go to the library where we geek out about books, movies, and more. You can email us your questions, comments, or concerns, any feedback you like, at libraryguys at delawarelibrary.org. To check out all the digital resources mentioned in today's episode, 
or to request any items for your reading, viewing, or listening pleasure, visit DelawareLibrary.org. We'll see you soon. Thank you.